All right, Inappropriate Earl, back in the house. Uh, we've got some big guests coming up. Stephen Piercy, the singer from Rat. The real Rat is back. Uh, he just sent me a text saying he wants to do the Earl Skakel show, which really made me feel good that 170 episodes in, people are getting the name of my podcast wrong. Really, it makes me feel solid where I am in the world. But uh, Stephen was the biggest guest ever on Inappropriate Earl, so... He can call it whatever he would like. And uh, we've had some Roast Battle talk, of course, recently. Uh, season two of Roast Battle was a big hit. And uh, who knows? Season three, uh, you know, a lot of people are asking me when I'm making my return to the ring. Who knows? You know, I only do the pay-per-views. <laughs> so, uh, and I have standards now for who I will battle. I will not battle people I don't like. Because then it's just shitting on people, and that's not my thing, uh, unless I'm getting paid for it. Uh, so who knows? You might see me sooner than you think. Uh, and, but today we have a guest who I met through Roast Battle, but I don't really know her. And these mm. are my favorite uh, episodes to do uh, because we can get into their backgrounds and you know maybe talk a little shit. You, you know, I don't know who she likes, who I don't like. Well, actually, we just talked about it off air, so I do. But guys, put your hands together. You're gonna recognize her when I take the picture. Heather Maruli. Hi. How are you? Internet? I'm good. Like uh, <laughs> I liked you the second you did your first roast battle. And, oh, thank you. You know, I didn't know you at all. And, you know, that's a tough show to do at times. Uh, you know, when you're giving someone you don't know shit. I think I had a line about the size of your tits. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you which do. is one of the kinder lines that <laughs> I got that night. Well, I mean, I know you uh, are a taken are. woman. I am. But so respectfully to your man, if he listens to this, I, I'm not trying to pick up on your lady, but your girlfriend, uh, is girlfriend too soon? No, we are boyfriend and girlfriend. Yeah. Uh, so uh, your girlfriend, as you know, I think it's Stevie Wonder could see that they are some <laughs> big tits. Yeah. And that's what I first noticed about her. And, you know, I said uh, probably a crude line and. <laughs> I don't remember it, but you took it in good stride and you gave me a little shit back. And then, uh, you know, here we are on my couch, uh, yep. months later and almost uh, exactly one year to the day of that battle. Now, what got you into doing roast battle? Oh, um, I was actually, well, the first time I did, I was challenged by the comic I battled. Like now, who and was the comic? It was Ernie stone, but I had initially wanted to battle, uh, Robbie Goodwin and this was back in like the summer of 2015. I all like I had wanted to do roast battle as soon as that. Um, but he didn't want to do it. Like and I had been like taunting him online for a while, like just like fucking around. Like, wait, can we see fuck on this? Um, okay. <laughs> uh, just to uh, answer that question indirectly, two people have said the N word on this podcast. <laughs> And I have oh, not deleted it. Okay, you don't have to say it. Okay, I don't say it. I, well, I don't say it on, <laughs> on air. Right. I mean, I've said it. Okay. Before I knew what the word meant. Right. Uh, so, you know, by the way, I'm just putting your picture up right now on Instagram. Oh, okay. A few people get offended when I ask them a question and then I'm, you know, do a little promoting and in-house podcast and they're like, oh, he's not listening to me. I'm completely <laughs> No, listening. it's fine. So you... Uh, I had initially challenged Robbie Goodwin and this was in like maybe July or August 2015 and he kept saying no. And then I mentioned in passing to Ernie that I had wanted to do a roast battle and he was like, okay, let's do it. Let's battle. I was like, um... 
all right, so we uh, set it up. And <laughs> and I think that battle like is kind of uh, legendary on the scene. I remember it, but I don't like I do remember something special happened. But well, I mean, he was so bad. Well, it wasn't just that, but I had I had admitted that we had fucked on. <laughs> I admitted during the battle that we had had sex. I used it against him. And did uh, how many times did you guys have sex? Just one time. And uh, obviously, uh, now let me. My mom told me Earl always make the girl happy, and they will come back. <laughs> Apparently, Ernie didn't make you happy. Well, no, it had. I, okay, so we hooked up one time. He came to my birthday party, and obviously, on one's birthday, one may be imbibing. And I had been drinking that night. And see, he had he had expressed interest in me for a while, but he had been dating another girl. And then I think right before we hooked up, he had broken up with her, like maybe like three days before. So then we hooked up one time and then he like got back together with her like three days later. So it wasn't that big of a deal. Been there. (laughs) Yeah, but I wasn't even really like I wasn't into him. So I wasn't like offended or anything. You were just horny that night. (sighs) It was more like I was bored. Well, that's got to make a guy feel good. (laughs) I've hooked up with guys because I'm bored. You've never hooked up with somebody because you were bored. Um, I think it's more of a woman thing. No, I, I mean, I'm more horny than uh, it's probably more horny than bored. I, I don't think I've ever been like, I don't have anything to do tonight. I'm going to go get some pussy. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, it just kind of happened because we were all drinking, but you know, yeah, it, it was kind of uh, drunkenness slash boredom. So anyway, during the battle, um, he tried to, insult my looks and so then i the comeback i had for that was something like um oh yeah ernie you're you're calling me ugly right now but you weren't saying that when your head was like in my pussy or something when your face was in my pussy well he couldn't he was busy (laughs) you know what i mean absolutely But, (laughs) but yeah that's that's how i came back to that and that was like a huge like that blew up the room like pretty huge but that's a big thing in roast battle when you've had uh two people who've hooked up to get into the (laughs) nitty-gritty i think it's only happened a few times though well i know uh offhand i remember jen murphy and uh brant tobler had uh hooked up a few times and apparently wasn't uh good from one of their perspectives so uh, (laughs) that got it going right yeah uh, you know, so many people have hooked up in that room and a lot mm-hmm. of Eskimo brothers and sisters. Right. Uh, so that's always a fun. Uh, well, I, I got a text recently from um, Tony Bartoloni after the battle with Lindsey Jennings and Richie Gaines. That was a tough one. Where, <laughs> and it, well, Tony texted me. He was like, Lindsey pulled a Maruli last night. And I was like, oh, okay. Is that what we're calling it now? So basically she had used the fact that they hooked up against him you know well it was but it's brutal. there it's it's you know ernie knew we were battling like leading up i mean he knew we were battling before we hooked up so it's kind of his fault that well i think anything's on the table uh in roast battle except uh making up uh, an outright lie oh i agree which, uh, i have uh <laughs> recently been the victim of i won't mention yeah. names but uh it's just uh i mean we all sign up for it like you know, right you signed up for it you, you're gonna hear 
big tit jokes or, or oh you know, my I'm god hear age jokes or oh, whatever sure. but i don't sign up for no one should be uh subjected to a, uh, <laughs> phony uh joke. right yeah but i mean i feel like most of the jokes are kind of bending the truth anyway you know um like, i don't know about that really i, I don't know <laughs> I mean, I've never told a joke about. I think I've battled the uh, twelve or thirteen times now. I've never even come close to telling a fib uh, mm-hmm. about anyone. Well, I would say the like the thing about roast battle and that kind of has bothered me the most is that most of the jokes that people do about me are like related to my appearance, my weight, and my height. Like just being like a taller girl. But you know, but I see to me like. That sets you up for like killer rebuttals. Like you know what's coming. It's gonna be. I no, I agree, and I've been better about that recently. But like the first couple times you do it, like you honestly, you don't know what to expect. You you have to keep doing it to like absolutely get better yeah, at it. I, you know, you have to, and it depends who you're battling. If you're battling a friend, it, right? You know, or if you're battling someone you don't really know, but they're good. You know, they're mm-hmm. whatever. That's another thing. I'm never going to battle somebody who I'm not like really friendly with ever again <laughs> yeah because then it's just shitting on someone and i won't like mm-hmm. i'll only battle people like just if you're gonna say something about my parents dying two months apart which is a definite target for me <laughs> i better fucking love you uh yeah like my last battle with benji uh yeah who's an amazing friend uh and i'm making fun about his girlfriend situation he, he made one joke about mine and you know i gotta like you you're gonna shit on me i agree i agree but you know you it's there's so many battles now i think there's five or six a week that you know you're not always gonna be able to face your friend no yeah i that's definitely true and then there was another battle i had where we had talked uh right after it and you told me that my jokes were too mean well i think uh, it was do you remember about, which one uh, yes i do uh the, <laughs> i i don't want to describe her perez Dan- danielle, danielle perez, perez yeah who's awesome. well that's a tough one because like danielle perez for those of you who don't know has no feet like, right literally no yeah. feet she was in an accident so was, it's right oh yeah no it's she, not like a birth defect or anything she's like, like the drummer from def leppard he like <laughs> flew out of his car he lost his arm right and, uh, so uh you know that when someone has no feet and they're up okay. there and like, sure, you know, they're going to have the sympathy boat <laughs> and Danielle's great. Sure. She knows, but your jokes were so mean that night. I don't know if I agree with that. Oh, they were good jokes. I, huh? you know, I've heard feedback from many other comics saying it wasn't mean enough. I mean, I definitely would disagree with that. But. <laughs> and I, you know, I'm proud of those jokes. One of those jokes people still quote to me. Oh, they were great. But you know, when you're facing someone with like, such, it's like when you go up against Joe Urell sure. or Greg Rock, right. like mm-hmm. they're going to have the crowd. These are people all in wheelchairs that we're yeah, describing. Yeah. Yeah. Joe Urell. Danielle is also in a wheelchair. So, we mean, didn't say that. Obviously. Wheel- Cause she has no Of course she's in a wheelchair. She's got no fucking feet. Well, I think the cruelest thing I've ever seen involved. Uh, she had told a joke that maybe it might have been even in your battle. Oh boy! Where uh, she told a joke that didn't go over well, which is fine. We all do that. That wasn't my battle then, because all of her jokes hit. But Haiti 
put a pair of sneakers under her feet. Oh, no, that was my battle. And I was like, wow, this joke, this has gone too far. You thought that went too far. You know, I don't think you know Danielle very well. Oh, I know (laughs) she can take it. I'm pretty good friends with her. Oh, she's awesome. We're having brunch next weekend. Hi, Danielle. (laughs) Danielle, please, uh, inappropriate girls. uh, I don't know. We don't, I don't know how we can get you up here, but uh, (laughs) she could get in here. Well, I, I've had a person in a wheelchair over to watch the UFC, but uh, uh-huh. it's my building's not uh, sure. My, we might be breaking some West Hollywood building codes, <laughs> uh, but that's another. Uh, I mean, you know, getting when you're battling someone with such a uh, I don't want to say defect, but like such you a can uh, say disability disability. Yeah, defect was definitely the wrong word. Uh, you know, they're gonna have the crowd. Uh, so I, your jokes were so like, uh, that I was like, okay. I thought people thought they were too good. Mm, well, you know, I, I think, think I was our, judging that night if I'm not her, mistaken. Yeah. Well, you know, let's just say she hasn't recaptured, uh, that level of excellence <laughs> in her last two battles. But that's the, the great thing about roast battle is, uh, it's different from battle to battle. You could kill one time. Oh yeah. And, uh, that's for sure. I mean, uh, well, I've never like, well, I had a really bad one once where who was that again? Uh, <laughs> Mike Schmidt, you know, well, I like I was going to commit suicide after that, like for real. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Can I tell you, I remember that battle. Yeah, and he uh, just ju- in a well, one I mean, round, right? Yes, it was one round and all of his jokes were like fat jokes. And thinking back on it, they weren't even like. I mean, yeah, they're clever. He's clever, He's, you know. He the the now you're not fat. <laughs> I don't. Roast battle makes me think otherwise. Every well, time I do a roast battle, I'm like, I'm fucking fat, and then oh, I'll like look in the mirror and I'll be like, oh, thing. I look awful. I'm fucking old. Oh fuck. Uh, yeah. Uh, but you're not fat. You look amazing. And thank you. And I'm not. <laughs> you do. I mean, you've got a lot of people up there trying to fuck you. So like clearly like you, one or two. Well, trust me. It's more than that. Really? Uh, oh, we'll talk later. We'll talk <laughs> off air. We're going to have two separate podcasts. Okay. Uh, but roast battle. I tell this to people all the time. It ain't called compliment battle. Like, uh, I mean, it really like it can really like work on your insecurities like really bring them out but that's why the show's a hit (laughs) no i know but like my like that's always been something i've been super insecure about especially because i think it's because my parents used to tell me i was fat like when i was a teenager when i like wasn't even fat at all i was like so skinny (laughs) like i like i weighed much less than i did obviously when you're like 14 or 15 you're gonna be a smaller person but not necessarily (laughs) Look at honey well, trust, no, trust me, I was. I was but a like, very thin girl. How tall are you? I'm almost six feet tall. I'm 5'11". And like, at what age did you start going, I'm a little heavier or whatever? Like, when did you notice like, oh, I'm not like skinny, quote unquote? Oh, not until maybe three years ago. Like, I, I remember feeling skinny, like, my, my whole life. Until roast battle? No, I think I just, like, developed more into a, a womanly body recently. Yeah, you're curvy. I mean, I, you know. Who doesn't want that? <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I I know, but see, when I was when I I remember when I was a little kid, my parents were both like extremely like weight obsessed to a point where it was like obviously psychotic, and like they were actually like talking about their own bodies. Do you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Like, so it was like a projection. So like my I I talk about this in my stand up, but you know my my parents used to say like the craziest wackiest things about my weight like to me, what? which didn't even make like like my mom told me once that I looked like I had had three kids. Which, how old were you which, when she said this? Fifteen. That's crazy. <laughs> and I and I used to wear like at that time I was wearing like a size nine jeans and juniors, which is like really small for somebody my height. I was like five foot ten and wearing like really small jeans. Oh, but she was like, you look, <laughs> I was like, shit, mom, you know, but they were talking about themselves. Like she, she's the one who had three kids. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just projecting their, mm-hmm. their own insecurities. Exactly. Uh, you know, like my mom was really, I love her. Yeah. She's, you know, upstairs. Sure. But, uh, she's very negative. Oh my God. Yeah, brutally. Oh, my mom is too. And that's how I am now. I, I, like you could give me like when I got Comedy Central, you know, when I got season one of Rose Battle, I'm like, oh my God, what if I bomb on TV? Like, it's oh, I don't, I don't think you're negative. I, I, to myself, I am. Oh, sure. Negative self-talk. I could literally yeah. win the lottery and go, fuck, I got to pay taxes. No, it really is amazing how much of like our parents we absorb and kind of like, yeah. it, I don't think it comes out until much later though. Well, Rose Battle expedites the process of uh, your... Uh, <laughs> inner fucking brain about to explode yeah but um you know as far as the battle with uh with mike oh my god like uh, like all of his jokes were fat jokes and they all hit like really hard one of them was like a jabba the hut joke which i didn't even understand the battle i've never even seen the original star wars can i just confess that (laughs) am i allowed to say that (laughs) i mean well but I, I mean, a lot of people haven't like, I, you know, no, I know, but I, I'm just bringing that up because I didn't even understand the joke until after the battle. But that was the, cause he did the impression like, in, right. In, uh, Jabba the hut. Yeah. Is, uh, yeah, I can't do it, but like, it, it's an iconic voice. Right. And, and like, you know, in a one round battle, like if someone lands a bomber like mm-hmm. that, it, it's very hard. to. Oh, uh, and, and then also there's something else I want to point out. Cause he's like four and oh, in battle and i think part of the reason he's so successful at it is because he's very difficult to write for he's he's just kind of uh just like a plain looking guy and i should have gone more with like now looking back on it i had a lot of jokes about being him like a red-faced alcoholic a good <laughs> uh very good target i mean you have to like you're like uh like when it's a white or i guess it could be black too like a, a normal looking black or white guy it's like there's not a lot to go on you know right like, you know like people like us like we have huge targets like you know right your physical features my age you know i got a big fucking forehead so that's a you know <laughs> uh, a target if someone's fat uh you know if someone has fucked up teeth or you know someone's fucked half the room you can mm, go that mm-hmm. you know mike's a bit of a, yeah. a mystery man yeah like he's very i don't know if he does anything but like if he's hooking up with people i've never oh i mean i i well there's no comment 
but, <laughs> on but anything. Like, you know, with with someone like like everyone in the room knows who I fucked in the room. Sure. So it's like, okay, well, you fucked this person, Earl. Uh, your dick is blah blah blah. Right. Uh, and I, well, it, okay, and then there's another thing. There is like I feel like a lot of my opponents haven't really like taken a whole lot of time to like know me or write more personal jokes about me because they're lazy like mike well, is not a lazy comic so that he, not, that's not necessarily true you know i battled anna and we and we had a big meeting about this before and but she didn't really like use any of the like deeply personal stuff i i told her about all of her jokes were again fat jokes about me which is fine but you're not fat like, I really mean that. Like, uh, no, I, I'm not saying I am. I'm just saying like, yeah, you know, like, I, I've heard enough fat jokes. What I would really like in my next battles of which I, t- I have two set up. Can we? Uh, well, I want to hear some more personal stuff about me. But you're kind of on the DL about I don't know who you've hooked up with. And, you know, I'm trying to be respectful. I'm not on the DL. But I've never heard like, you know, I'm I'm a. Uh, I've only I've only hooked up with two comics ever. But I oh, wait, no, three comics, three comics. She's growing already. Uh, <laughs> but I don't know who you've hooked up with. So like, right, well, uh, Ernie, we talked about. But he's kind of so. Uh, he's not unknown. really a comic. Like, I, <laughs> no, I mean, he quit comedy after that battle. I just want to say roast battle's not for everyone. <laughs> No. It'll fucking no, it's not. I've retired two people because they were like, Fuck "Who? This. Uh, I don't want to say their names." Oh, who? They've I, never battled again. They've never battled again. Right. But you know, uh, you know, it, it's uh, the attention that it draws upon you if you don't do well is oh yeah, it's brutal. But yeah, everybody remembers because then you're looked up down upon as a comic like oh if you just if you didn't do well in roast battle you you gotta be a shitty comic <laughs> yeah so which is a lot of ways true but, right uh now so you've got two battles coming up who are they against um so april 4th i'm battling uh jasmine lee she's a very um ag- aggressive or i should say uh <laughs> she's uh she lines up a lot of battles i mean she's a, a yeah. contestant battle one would say too many <laughs> but she's like the perfect example of what we were talking about like where her first battle was killer mm. and i forget who it was against but she she did very very well right and then the last couple maybe uh i think against leah lamar she uh you know yeah i, I was i battled that night i remember that she st- struggled a little bit because you know uh leah's jokes were brutal though i remember that well you know she looked great i mean both looked great <laughs> Uh, but you know leah's a killer and like she yeah i think uh jasmine was attacking leah for not writing her own jokes uh and i know leah writes uh, her own jokes like Mm -hmm. i mean if people are going to get shit on for not writing their own roast battle jokes we'd have about one battle every four weeks Uh, oh yeah everyone i mean i'm i'm probably the biggest offender like well i'll I'll just go on record and say i've written all of my own roast battle jokes ever (laughs) Well, I will go on record for saying I've written a maybe about 30%. I'm That's like, fine. That's fine. I'm a performer. I'm not a roaster. Like, yeah. You know, I'm like Bon Jovi. I outsource the songs that people write them for me, and then I sing them. Sure. Uh, but I don't see anything wrong with that. Yeah. But, like, there's this whole thing with New York, you know, uh, where a lot of their battlers are like, well, L.A. doesn't even write their own jokes. Yeah, but we win. Ugh. so but that's a whole uh right you know uh 
who cares? It's just, as long as the battle's good, you know. I agree. Uh, you know, maybe if you had other people write your jokes, you'd do better. <laughs> How about that? Maybe. So you've got Jasmine Lee. That's a good battle. That'll get catty because you don't take any shit. She doesn't take any shit. Yeah. And then who? Uh, who's after that? Um, in June, I'm battling Lou Varum. Well, I tell you, Lou uh, has improved. If well, I, it was his. I, he challenged me, and I honestly i i let him uh, i let it linger for a couple weeks. So I was just like, I don't know if I want to do this. <laughs> I wasn't sure. He's good. I mean, I, listen, uh, i I would give in the history of roast battle. I, I and we, I was trying to figure this out the other day. Probably had a thousand battles, maybe three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's definitely the most improved. Like yeah. from his first battle when he was horrible mm-hmm. uh, and to now he's like uh i don't know if he's got outside help nothing wrong with it if he does because uh, <laughs> uh, there was like one battle he had about two two battles ago i'm like okay these are way too good for him to be doing these jokes but they're killing yeah uh so that'll be a good battle yeah so both should be very inside i think there'll be a lot of well you fuck this person well lou you got a restraining know about that you we'll see well i mean we got a while june (laughs) yeah we do um now how long have you been doing stand-up um i i'm on four years almost four years i'm going yeah did you where did you start i started here in la like at where like marty's sound oh no um oh my god like i guess in like some of the alt rooms is where i started like more like echoes under sunset like places like that yeah i mean i never vibed in those rooms but, uh, you know. <laughs> right yeah i like not for under- everybody <laughs> well i uh, you know I, I tried when i first started to be like brody stevens where he could play any room sure you know he could do echoes under sunset and then he could go to right like a more corporate place like the laugh factory right uh i just uh i've struggled at times at alt rooms yeah and and that's how i kind of want to be i like doing all different types of rooms still even um but as far as like a club environment like i think i i like the comedy store the most out of all those the best the three clubs the uh, if you're talking about the triangle of what do they call it With the, the holy t- trinity <laughs> yeah of, the holy uh, trinity you got the laugh factory which right. is i like to explain you know, uh, I try and uh, yeah. equate the three clubs to bands, and uh, mm-hmm. I would say like uh, the Laugh Factory is like Bon Jovi. It's like very like you, corporate. Corporate. <laughs> the Improv is like Weezer. You know, it's, it's a little mixture of both. And then uh, the Comedy Store is like Motorhead. Just yeah, gritty and and like whatever you're that, into. That's what I like about it. Is well, I mean, first off, I I, I like the history of the store. And I don't know, I like, I just like it better in there, you know, and it's, I think it's more for people with, uh, personalities that are kind of like, I guess, rebellious, kind of off the wall, <laughs> like, well, you look at a show like Roast Battle never could have worked at the improv. No, yeah, uh, absolutely not. And that the improv's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I, well, I remember one of the first open mics I ever did at the comedy store. Somebody told me that I sucked like to my face. And I was just like, oh, my God, like <laughs> that's how rough it can be in there. Like, I oh, don't yeah. suggest, you know, what I see a lot of that I really don't agree with is a lot of like newer comics, like trying to go in and get on potluck. And I think that's like one of the biggest mistakes you can make when well, you're first starting. I mean, back when I started, it, 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 
it wasn't a mistake because there was no one there who could help you. Uh, <laughs> like there was no agents or managers. Right. The talent coordinator was upstairs smoking weed. Uh, Is this, are we talking about Tommy? You know, I'm, I'm not. Uh, <laughs> I just want to say he was the first person I ever met at the comedy store. And I didn't know that until like years later. I, you know, I'm not at liberty to discuss uh, former uh, okay. marijuana usage. <laughs> by, uh, but uh, I mean, uh, but, you know, Tommy was in and out of the cover booth. So there's no guarantee he would see you. Mm -hmm. uh, but now uh, you're completely correct. I mean, uh there's always going to be someone in the room who is in a position to help you. And if, right. if you're not ready for it, um, it I'm, I'm not saying it's going to hurt your career, but mm -hmm. it's not going to help. I mean, uh, Adam watches most of, if not all of potluck, uh, you know, agents and managers are going there now. Uh, so it's, I think uh, people get a false sense of how good they are. Oh my God. Well, I think when you're first starting out, like you have this idea that you're like, so fucking good and then i think you get doses of reality as you get more years into this well, at the you know? comedy store you do <laughs> well, yeah it yeah. weeds out uh the cocky people real fast uh but you know now the lineups are so strong and oh my getting, god i mean yeah. it's like tonight i'm on at one o'clock and i'm happy for the gig like right it's joe rogan jazzelnick uh you know uh, J uh carmichael the original room yeah oh wow uh yeah these lineups are like stacked but like was it i mean i don't how many years ago was it when the store was kind of struggling like like six not years that ago, long ago. Uh, five years ago i mean uh yeah you know the two most of the 2000 uh era was uh not good i mean right no industry came there it was like it was a fun place to hang mm -hmm. you know uh there were times like you know, the show would be running till three in the morning and would be, you know, yeah, having all kinds of fun in there. But, you know, it took, uh, you know, I, I hate to say it took Tommy leaving because, you know, some people loved him and that's fine. Yeah, because I, I had gone to the store. This is before I started stand up. Like I came on a trip here for a birthday like four or five years ago and um we went to the comedy store and i i loved it but that was when uh tommy was still in charge but i had no idea i had no knowledge of any of this like insider stuff until later i mean uh you know uh, i think tommy's way of doing things was uh to kind of shun the industry and and like we're the comedy store. We're cool. Right. Which is great. But like, I, I know one time he told Rob Schneider uh, <laughs> to uh, basically, Hey, you can work out here on Mondays and Sundays. This is when potluck was on both nights. Mm -hmm. And it's like, uh, this guy's a huge star. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Adam would go, okay, Rob, what weekend do you want? Right. And you put his name up on the billboard. You sold out OR room. So right. You want to see Deuce Bigelow or whatever. Right. Uh, Tommy would be like, no. He, I mean, he wouldn't put up Hannibal Burris, which is insane. He told Burt Kreischer to work the parking lot and hang out. Oh, my God. Uh, you know, and he was just like, and Adam's the complete opposite. He, like, he got David Spade to come back, and then Spade brings Schneider, and Schneider brings Sandler, and then, mm -hmm. you know, like, tonight all three shows are sold out. Right. Uh, and Roast Battle, I think, really helped kind of give the store an identity of, uh, 
a hip show that right you know uh and yeah and the store like does have this kind of reputation for being more like more edgy more raw you know than other places like yeah. the improv is kind of i mean it's a chain oh it's so you're club. it is kind of like but you know you go there's there some and- corporate <laughs> type stuff happening I yeah guess. i mean the laugh factory is like uh you know you if you're an audience member you you go there you watch the show and you leave right uh you know and, and the improv at least the improv you got the bar you can hang and uh you know they got the outdoor area you can hang there and got the lab which has the all to your shows comedy stores like the barn star wars i mean well you've never seen it but uh, <laughs> no i've seen the the more recent ones oh i know what you're talking about star wars <laughs> uh but like the store is like there's the outdoor bar there's the vi the back bar right the little area yeah that uh people uh, smoke cigarettes oh yeah um so there's so many th- and there's three showrooms all pumping uh so, so I, I think the store is the funnest club Mm-hmm. and uh it's never been better yeah it's a good hang yeah and, and people are cool and like uh i mean the you do get weeded out real fast if you're a bullshitter there which i love <laughs> i don't know about that i feel like there's a lot of guys who just hang around who are like all talk no action oh there's but they get like everyone knows like you know like oh this, yeah no they know they're full of shit yeah like, there's this one guy who was telling everyone he was a regular at the cellar in new york and like the cellar is what? probably the only club in the country uh that love the cellar it's as hard if not it's probably equally as hard to get past there as the comedy store right it's the best of the best even mm-hmm. the unknown comics are all great comics right and this i was like what you're you're past at the cellar i'm like eh, i guess it's possible and i like <laughs> one day later it was this guy was full of shit of course I went around the club and yeah so you know the word spreads fast at the store good which can uh not be to your benefit if it's in regards to uh, social aspects of your life but, um, <laughs> that's true a lot of rumors can be spread that aren't true yeah so on and so forth i i actually i wish there were rumors about me you don't <laughs> believe me. never it's ends something. well <laughs> i've lost we'll uh, three see. girlfriends to the comedy store oh but you know not like that you know i just need some some good publicity well i'll start some uh okay. did i see you go in the belly room the other night with it no, i'm just kidding that's, I wish that's a big uh, oh, <laughs> it can be arranged. I've made me. out in the belly room. Everyone has. To, yeah, uh, there's been more fun. Uh, you know, it's uh, <laughs> it's you know, it's, to it, me that's like a page in my future autobiography. Uh, oh, absolutely. I you mean, know, uh, making out in the belly room. <laughs> oh, there's been things that have been done in the belly room. I know. I need to do more. Well, listen. Uh, well, like you said, you got a uh, dude. Maybe you can bring your man up there, and uh, we've been up there. Oh, I bet That's you what have. I'm talking about. Uh, you got to be careful though. There's cameras up there now, oh. so there is one spot where the cameras uh, do not reach. And oh, it's literally, like going to a deli on a Saturday morning. You've got like six comics with a girl in line going, uh, girl, can you come back? I'm trying to come. So, uh, but then, so where did like, where did you start? Like what rooms were you doing? Like echoes under sunset, echoes under sunset. Oh my God. The Lexington where I, I still will go up there. I host a mic there every third Tuesday. 
every third Tuesday night. Too many comics come to it. I'll be honest. You know what? I'm going to make an announcement right here. We're cutting the list at 25 comics. <laughs> the other night we had like 28 and I, oh, it was forever. It's tough. I mean, <laughs> you know, Kenny Lyons showing his dick. Oh my God. He comes to that mic all the time too. He the kept Lexington. inviting me there. I'm like, Kenny, I love you, baby. The Lex? Yeah. You don't go there? You won't I, show your face I, there? <laughs> I, would, I would go there. I'll go yeah i have no ego for for those of you listening if you don't know the lexington it's like it's the dive bar oh my god it's like the ultimate dive bar like people have like pissed in there i don't like i won't even go in the bath like you have to like squat over the toilet it's so bad good on that (laughs) it's so awful but um yeah the lexington was a room i did a lot um Rafa's is a place where I go up. That's another I alt that type room. Yeah, it's 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 okay. I, don't I mean, think I've it, done the I don't Troy. Think Rafa likes me very much. Well, I've never met Rafa. No, he's the guy who's always working there behind the the bar. I mean, I always do Troy Conrad's set list show. Oh sure, yeah, yeah, that's there. Um, where else? Oh, the West Side Comedy Theater is one. Where That's a good. Uh, I I go there almost t- like twice a week. I've been going there twice a week for like four years. And like, what's Three your uh, was your goal? Like, start out there and then maybe try and get past the, like the comedy store. Well, you know, initially when I start, you know, I feel like I go on stage more now than I do ever before. Like when I first started out, I was going up maybe like three days a week or four days a week at the most. Um, but I was also like, uh, I was in a relationship with somebody who wasn't a comic, which is brutal. <laughs> well, I mean, not even just that, but he was like an abusive asshole. So that, and that was, I would, I would say like my first year in comedy was one of the, like the worst years of my life personally. When you say abusive, you mean mentally or physical? Um, emotionally, mentally and physical, maybe one or tw- two times. Why did you stay with him? Oh, uh, God. We're gonna get deep. Okay. Well, can I back up to something? Absolutely. I, okay. This let me, is your interview. Baby. Okay. So I want to, so I'll let you, I haven't, I've only been in LA since August, 2013. That's when I came out here. Where did you come from? I, I came from Colorado. Okay. So I was living in Colorado, but let me back up even further. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. So, um, wait, where did you grow up by the way? I grew up in the hills of Bel Air, California. Is that true? But it's not. I have to uh, say it with this caveat because <laughs> the reaction you just gave me, I know it's going through your no, mind. No, I right know. Now. I know what your last name. But I understand that part. Yeah, when I tell people that, they just assume I'm like some super rich. Uh, you know. No, I don't. I don't assume that. I have a lot of deep. What can I say? The sure, the sure. Yeah, that you're related to. You know the. Uh, Kennedy's, but <laughs> oh, well, but that's like, but through uh, marriage. Uh, my not your Ethel. Aunt Ethel Skakel was married uh, to Robert Kennedy, Kennedy Jr. Jr. Or, no, yeah, not Jr. Not Jr. Robert Kennedy. Robert Kennedy, Kennedy. Uh, God rest um, his soul. And she, Ethel is still. <laughs> uh, I'm a big Kennedy fan. I mean, it's a a great uh, family uh, lineage. The fact that the Skakels and the Kennedys like joined forces if you will yeah uh but uh a lot of people don't know that you know we're not really very close like no i i totally understand that because the that makes sense and i don't talk a lot uh, about it a lot in like my act because i don't Mm -hmm. you know uh but like the skakels uh were almost as powerful 
uh, as the Kennedys back east, which right. uh, in the 60s Separately. and 70s. Like in the, in the Martha's Vineyard type way. <laughs> Aren't they, weren't they like out there a lot? Well, they had a... Uh, Have you been there? <laughs> I, I've been invited, but uh, my mom <laughs> uh, wanted me so far away from the East Coast uh, family uh, that I uh, never went back east a lot. I was pretty much uh, raised on an island in Bel Air. Oh, okay. I was a very sheltered uh, kid, uh, but uh, that's why I turned out relatively uh, unscathed, <laughs> yes. if you will. I mean, yes. well preserved. Wait, uh, can I bring this up? Are you, you do whatever you want. I don't, like, I don't know what's off. Is there anything Nothing's off, off limits? limits? The only thing you, I won't say on this podcast okay. is. Um, um, I will talk about relationships. Uh, I won't mention their names just because they're not here. Sure. Uh, I have nothing bad to say about any. Exes. No, I mean, are, is are you cousins with? Um, you know who I'm about to say. But you could say Michael Skakel. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so he's your cousin. We'll talk later. Just I mean, <laughs> a lot of now, I don't know if anybody listening to this would even know the significance of. Well, I mean, uh, yes, he's my cousin. Mm. Um, you know, uh, a lot of people ask me my opinion on that situation. Oh, uh, I don't have an opinion. <laughs> Well, no, I mean, I was, uh, truth be told, when uh, in the mid-70s, I was... Uh, He's w much older than you then. Um, not really. I mean, I was born in 68. I think he was born maybe early 60s. Oh, okay. So, uh, you know, I was like five years old when, uh, you know, uh, his situation happened. <laughs> um, so I don't really... Uh, yeah. You know... Uh, yeah. I don't have an informed opinion on yeah, it. Yeah, I just think it's interesting. But um, anywho, that, that, that um, I'm originally from the East Coast, but... What part? Um, New York City. Okay. I, mean, I love New York City. Queens. Um, my mom was from the Bronx. My dad's from Brooklyn. And I'm from Queens. <laughs> I was born in Queens. Um, but I didn't really grow up there. I grew up mostly in Colorado. Right. So do you know Justine Marino? Um, She's I Denver. mean, I know her, but I don't, I'm not. But not from Colorado, Denver area? No, no, no. Okay. She's awesome. So. Yeah. I think, but there's a lot of comics from that area now. I think, uh, who's the kid? Because uh, I used to do uh, comedy works with Rob Schneider. I'm not oh, trying yeah. to like, name drop, but like. And there was, uh, there was a kid who, I think he won last comic standing. Josh Blue. Yeah. He tried to get on our show and Rob. Uh, what show? Uh, just a show at Comedy oh. Works. And uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Rob was like, no, I want Earl to get his full time. Oh. Which was awesome. Like, he didn't yeah. have to do that. So I think, you know, Josh was a little. Uh, Miffed. Taken aback by okay. that. Okay. <laughs> But I kind of liked it. It was like, yeah, you do. You headline all over the fucking country. Now you're trying to get in. I'm like, I don't know what he's doing now. Well, I mean. Who knows? <laughs> well, that's a dangerous thing about uh, a Ugh. show like Last Comic Standing. Uh, or I, I shouldn't signal that show out. Like, you know, uh, the good ones from that show can uh, have a great career like Eliza and Alonzo Bowden. And, mm -hmm. uh, but then you have like uh, people like Dad Fan and you know Josh. Blue. I think Dad Fan like won, didn't he? He won the first season. Oh which, my god! Uh, automatically turned me off of that show. Uh, <laughs> he, no, he yeah, a lot of these shows I feel like are like a kiss of death. Well, I mean, uh, like by all accounts, Dad Fan is like an amazing dude. So this is not a, a personal attack on him. <laughs> I mean, I guess it is, but uh, no, you know, he said himself when he won at that time he had like fifteen minutes. 
Oh, he only had 15, 15 to 20 minutes. And oh, you damn. Know, now he wins the show. It's the first season. So it's a. And then you go from. You got to do it to You're expected to headline at that point. Yeah. And it's not even. It's not. You have to just do an hour. It's got to be a good hour. Right. You know, and at that time, you know, you, your feature is probably going to be someone like, say, Ian Bag. Now, this is like 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. And, and you're not going to be able to follow Ian. Uh, yeah. He's a killer. Oh, he's great. I mean, he's. Uh, he was on Last Comic Standing just yeah, a just, year ago. I finished second, I think. Right. Uh, which goes to show you, like. Uh, comedy is oh well it's so subjective but i mean yeah i mean there's uh but but so is roast battle though like uh i i got hate mail from jimmy carr fans saying you're fucking losing oh my god you didn't fucking beat him and then i got people who said "Uh, you killed him so it's like uh and i made the mistake of going on reddit one day Uh, oh no don't go on there well one guy wrote a pretty funny uh The caption was, is Earl Skakel funny? And I can't say what this guy said. Oh, I think I've read this. But that, I found a way to deal with the haters is to give them props and it disarms them. <laughs> you know, it's Yeah, like, but you know, when you think about the people who are like talking shit on the internet, they're, I mean, you, like, I don't go let's on the think internet. about the types of people that are doing this. <laughs> oh, I, after that. You know, uh, like what are they doing really with their lives? Well, I don't respect anyone's opinion on my comedy unless they do it like oh my god well that's a huge thing for me is like people being critical of stand-up when they have no idea what goes into it like i have a friend who um let's see remember when louis shot his special at the comedy store like maybe i couldn't get in a year oh i was there my laugh you can hear my laugh all throughout the special uh (laughs) we can use it as a credit now a lot of these yeah exactly um but anywho we were watching and my friend i guess she had seen louis recently at the cellar just a few months before and she turns to me while he's performing she's like um i heard him do this material and i was like yeah you did because like you you keep well louis is an anomaly where he throws out everything every year but like still she was like complaining because she had just heard him do the same material within two months it's like what do you what do you, you don't know how this works yeah like honey. like civilians do not understand how comedy works well no they just uh you know think every set should be 15 minutes uh, oh my new god material or unbelievable uh, you know it's hard to even have five minutes or ten minutes good f- i mean like yeah exactly i don't i don't think people lay people don't understand like Right. Because most of the material you write and try, like, isn't going to stick. No. Um, but what I've been doing lately is going back to like my old notebooks and like taking that's great and taking old stuff that I had tried before and reworking it now that I'm just better at comedy. Yeah. Now. I mean, uh, I did that. Uh, I took out my old joke book from my first year in comedy where I had great, not great, but like good premises, but I clearly was not ready to try them. Out. <laughs> right. And yeah, what you, it works like exactly. Yeah. Now, not everyone gets better doing comedy. <laughs> No, that's true. There are some people who are like kind of like in a, uh, I don't know, I, I don't know if you call it like a black hole or something where they're like trapped in time. Well, you get in a pattern. I mean, I got into a pattern, uh, I would say five years into stand up where I, I was treated like a god at open mics because like everyone loved me. Uh, and, you know, I got, I was treated so well that I didn't want to go to like, a comedy club because i mean oh man i'm gonna start from the bottom 
Mm-hmm. I like being treated like this. Yeah. And that held me back probably for years. Yeah. Uh, so you do get stuck in a, a rut or, you know, a, a pattern of, you know, not stepping out of your shell. And so. I agree. Um, oh, what was I talking about originally? Oh, yeah. Louis C.K.'s, uh, <laughs> your friend. Well, not even just that. No, going back even further. Sorry. I'm like. That's the whole point of this podcast. <laughs> I don't no, one... I was talking about why I had started stand up and um, moving here to L.A. and being in a bad relationship. Yes. Okay. So um, I graduated college and like. Let's see. Well, I went to NYU. I'm not bragging. But that's a great school. You should be bragging. (laughs) I owe them money. Um, No, not them, but Sally Mae. Um, She's a whore. Does she book a room? (laughs) (laughs) I wish. Stupid bitch. Um, Anyway, so (laughs) I moved back to Colorado after college. This was like December 2009. And I think this was like a time period for me that was like really formative for me as far as like the stuff I'm doing in my writing and on stage now, um, where I was just like, I was just like getting drunk every night, like, you know, going out with my friends, but I was also in a relationship, um, with this guy named Dave and he's not the abusive one. We'll get to that guy. But um, Dave was like kind of a mess. Like he was, uh, he had a taste for uh, the pills. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, like, yes, your, I do. Your oxy cottons, like stuff like that. Now, um, not a comic. Or was he a comic? not a comic, not a comic, but he kind of, um, this is cause I had an inkling. I had always loved stand up, like from childhood. Like I remember loving stand up from an early age. Um, I would say since I was about nine or 10 years old, I loved stand up because I would, I would watch Seinfeld with my dad and I would love all the, the parts where, you know, the segments where they show Jerry, like doing right. a joke that relates to the episode. And, and I would always watch, um, comedy central at that point and i'd seen like premium blend you know all of those old se- where i think people would do like 10 minutes or something and there would be like three comics on one show audition uh, for premium blend still waiting back for the right. <laughs> yeah but like i mean some of the comics i remember seeing like when i was like around that age were like uh greg fitzsimmons who i'm now like really friendly with oh, he's the just, best. like interesting and uh maria bamford who i opened for and bombed uh and <laughs> She probably wasn't listening, so you're good. No, she wasn't. Um, And Jim Gaffigan was another one that was big for me. Um, Greg Giraldo. Oh, man, he was awesome. God rest his soul. Uh, (laughs) I actually was at the taping for his special, his hour-long special. Oh, really? Yeah, Midlife Vices. He was the best on the roast. Oh, yeah, amazing comic. Um, But, yeah, when I was in Colorado... Um, I mean, Dave and I, you know, we would watch stand up a lot together. Um, he actually like took me to a comedy club a few times, you know, he was really into people like, you know, like Artie Lang and Jim Norton and who I love also. Um, and we would watch like, you know how they would have Howard Stern on E we would watch that all the time. Um, but yeah, Dave was a really interesting guy. He actually had a lot of interests that you have as far as the uh the music and the wrestling he had a wrestling podcast i like him already yeah uh, well uh le- needless to say he's no longer with us 
It's like, well, Hopefully I uh, don't. <laughs> well, the co-host of my podcast, Rowdy Roddy Piper, is no longer with us. Right. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, so Dave passed away of god knows what like a combination the, uh, of powdered pills. refreshments yeah well he i mean he was like in he was like dead in bed for like five days before somebody like found him probably had a comic as a roommate <laughs> what no he didn't ever he had a cat there Miss, you go. mrs moose um so anywho uh because i had one i was talking about moving to la for a while when we were dating but i just never I, I don't know. I never, I didn't have the fire under my ass to do it until he died. And well, so that like, was the, <laughs> that was the kick in the ass, right? It was the catalyst for me to like, get on with my life. Hey, if that Dave's makes any dead. Sense. <laughs> I'm going to move to LA. <laughs> right. Well, no, exactly. So I packed up my car and, and like two weeks later, I drove out to Los Angeles. Um, and initially, well, I had thought about starting stand up, and I had talked to, a couple of comics out in LA. I think one of them was um, Dave Ross, who had a podcast at the time called Terrified. Um, and he was like super nice. You know, he encouraged me to to try stand up. But um, for a while, I was just taking I was taking an improv class at the UCB. And um, I, have, I have nothing much to say about the UCB uh, currently. I am I am still associated with them a bit as far as their sketch program. But um, so I tried out uh, improv, which was which was OK, um, but I didn't really stick with it. Well, I was banned from the groundlings. So. <laughs> you were banned from the groundlings? I told my teacher to fuck off, uh, Sean Hogan. Who's uh, Sean Hogan? Exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, okay. I don't want to say too much about the UCB. I will. I, I, okay. You will? Okay. Well, I don't know about the UCB. I but. have some thoughts on the UCB. I, and honestly, I have no I have no desire to be on a mod team or anything like that because I have taken the sketch classes there, which I like. But... um one of my teachers there like yelled at me for clicking a pen. Like I, you know, like I clicked a pen like two times and he, he just looks at me. He goes, yeah, don't do that. And I was like, shit, like, like just people who like take themselves like really seriously. Well, in the grant and Sean Hogan's case, like, dude, don't get mad at me. Cause your career flamed out. <laughs> I'm not the fucking mayor of Hollywood. I didn't cause yeah. you to be a teacher here. Yeah. Well, I mean, I could go on all day about a lot of these, uh, these class teachers who teach improv and sketch, but, um, that's neither here nor there. Well, very rarely will I mention someone's name on this podcast, but that guy issue with them, but right. Like, <laughs> it's like comedy teachers. Like, uh, don't get mad at me. Cause you're a failed comic. And now you got to <laughs> rip off open micers who are too dumb to figure out you're conning them. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's true. I'm not mentioning any clubs names, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, some of these clubs, their name might rhyme with like slappers. <laughs> you know, I don't encourage the existence of slappers. I don't. I mean, I ban myself. From I don't there. go there. <laughs> uh, you know, but uh, a lot of people love the place. I have so, no comment. <laughs> I mean, I don't hate, you know, people I know love. Um, Bringers. Uh, <laughs> 
comedy schools. You know, but, and it's like, hey, if you get uh, use out of them, who am I to sit there and say? Right. Yeah. Well, um, no, you're right. Well, okay. So then I then I finally tried stand-up like in it was like December 2013. And ever since then, I like I haven't done improv really since then, but I've just stuck to stand up and it, and I've been on it ever since. But um, oh, yeah. And then when I moved to L.A. is when I ended up getting involved with that abusive guy. Now, uh, what was the tipping point of you leaving this guy? Ugh. I mean, just fed well, up. to be honest, well, yeah, I was fed up and, and, he, and he kept, I mean, I had tried to break it off with him like several times, but oh. he was the one who kept like, you know, coming back and being like, Oh, you know, like when a guy, well, I mean, it's not like he beat me or anything, but you know, like in the movies where like a, a guy like <laughs> beats a woman up and then he's like, Oh baby, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, like one of those sorts of situations. I've, uh yeah, yeah, I did what you're talking about. <laughs> but I remember one of the tipping points for me was um, I brought him on a trip to Lake Tahoe that my office paid for, and he acted like a total asshole, and he got kicked out of a casino for, like, just being, like, a drunk asshole, and he blamed the... He said that the casino kicked him out because he was brown. And I was <laughs> he might be onto something there. <laughs> well, he was Mexican. Oh, I'd kick but... him out, too. But... <laughs> build that wall trump build it yeah yeah but um yeah no he just like wasn't a good guy like he was such a bad guy and i think at that time i was just sort of in a low place because i was still really upset about uh dave passing away and um so i just ended up in a relationship that wasn't good you know just just because i wanted some something to make me feel better in some way i get it you know (laughs) yeah but um i tried breaking up with him after that lake tahoe trip and he was just like you know not having he was he was like you can't break up with me i'm the one who breaks up with you (laughs) like one of those types of guys and then i just remember like hating the way he fucked like i like well, well, I, let's like, get into that because, okay uh no, no i mean like like i said uh, <laughs> i would say the advice my my mom told me nothing about sex other than oh basically make the girl happy and i knew oh she told you that this i is knew what, what she meant this is what my mom said about sex nothing goes in there until you're married well apparently you didn't listen <laughs> Maybe she was right. No. Never been married. But I mean, I would say it's true, though. Uh, you know, like if you're single mm-hmm. and you're horny one night, you know, are you going to not that you have a black book, but uh, are you going to hit up a guy who took care of you over? Not necessarily. <laughs> Well, who are you going to sleep with? Uh, let's say tonight you have a man, but let's well, just I have say a boyfriend. T- but at, at, I, I, there were two guys I was juggling at one point. Okay, here in LA, and I, it, yeah, I mostly went for the the guy who was better. <laughs> the bad, no, the bad guy. 
But I mean, I'm talking about sex. Oh, like, I mean, he was good at sex for a while, but then, like, you know what I realized is his his sex was so devoid of emotion, where it was just like he was like just fucking. Do you know what I mean? Right. He was basically and jacking off in your body. It. Yes, yes. If if that's how to describe I mean, it, yeah. Like he and he wasn't really taking into account what I wanted. You know. Right. If that makes sense. Well, absolutely. Right. Which goes back to what my mom said. And he and and the thing that's so funny about it is he thought he was just like the most amazing lover, you know, <laughs> like these guys just they have no idea. I mean, you know, I'll do whatever it takes. <laughs> You'll do whatever it takes. Well, I mean, yeah, I'm all about I'm a pleaser. So, right. Uh, you know, I want. Well, uh, I mean, one of one of the arbitrary dumb rules this guy had was that, you know, unless I had just had a fresh wax within the last week, he wouldn't go down on me. I mean, listen, uh, <laughs> I don't. I, as long as it's clean, I don't care what's down there. Like, right. Yeah. But, but like, I think it's unbelievable that guys can like make up these rules about like well you know i'm not going down there unless it's totally hairless you know See, i like a little hair down there oh yeah because isn't my, it myself. it's kind of strange for some guys to be into like totally like bare well i don't want to feel like i'm going down on the 10 year old right exactly and I, I i hate to like say it like that but it's like i i know exactly what you're saying you know jesus christ <laughs> yeah and this gay guy once uh he put an image in my head. Uh, he's like, Earl, how do you go down on a girl ever? I'm like, what are you talking about? It's the best. And he's like, a pussy just looks like scrunched up deli meat. <laughs> and I can't get that image out of my head when it's completely hairless down there. And because it kind of does look like that. Like, sure. I don't know what a dick and balls look like to you girls. Like a hot dog with two gumballs. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. You know. So there's that. Right. Well, I'm sure we're picking up viewers with this. Uh, <laughs> viewers. Or whatever. Listeners. listeners. Yeah. Because it would have to be video to have viewers. Right. Um, now you, uh, what's going on in your future? You got any big shows? Uh, you got your two roast battle matchups coming? Yeah. I mean, I've been doing a lot of shows. I actually just did um, a weekend in Portland, which was pretty At cool. Harvey's? No, I didn't do a club. I know what you're talking about, though. Harvey's is like the big stand-up club in Portland. Uh, I think Portland. Helium is now. Helium is the big one. Okay, Gre- Greg was there last week. Greg Fitzsimmons. Yeah. yeah, I don't imagine Greg doing Harvey's. <laughs> no, it's more like a road comic type place is Harvey's. Right. Yeah. I still um, can't get booked there. But, uh, <laughs> not no, I did some uh, just some more like indie shows that That's I booked cool. myself. Um, yeah, but I... Um, I'm going to do probably another weekend in Colorado. Uh, where do you play when you're in Colorado? And alt rooms. I right, like as alt of rooms. now. Yeah. You know, you can, uh, I think alt rooms like character. Well, yeah, the alt scene is really big in Denver right now. Cause the weed smokers, I would imagine, uh, I don't know that, uh, you know, it's so strange. I grew up in Colorado and I've never been into weed that much. Uh, well, you know? it's, uh, I've never tried it, so <laughs> never, I've never had a drug or drink in my life. Yeah. A lot of people don't believe that because of my slow speech. And is every, that true? Never in your I've whole never life? I've never had anything. Oh, but I don't hate because I'm, of fear. 
Uh, no, my uh, basically my mom bribed me. Uh, <laughs> she said, Earl, if you don't drink till you're 18, I'll buy you the car of your choice. Oh. But within reason. I'm not talking up fucking Lamborghini uh, with the suicide doors, but it was a nice BMW 318i. Right. Uh, so after that, I was like, well, why start now? Yeah. So, but I have thought about taking edibles recently for uh, anxiety. Oh, my God. You know, I took... Um, well, be careful because I... I haven't done it. There, I, I ate a Tootsie Roll once and I should have had maybe like half of it. I was high for like 19 or 20 hours. Well, I just... Uh, Straight. <laughs> well, uh, Gino from uh, Speedweed. By the way, if, uh, if, if you do indulge in the... Uh, <laughs> Uh, medicinal uh, marijuana, marijuana, yes. uh, try uh, at Speedweed. Uh, they are not a sponsor of this podcast. They but, could be but, eventually. Yeah, uh, Gino is the best, so uh, please check them out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm afraid I'd like it. I have an addictive personality. Working out, and you know, I use oh, horrible yeah. with energy drinks. Although I quit cold turkey. Uh, you know comedy i i do it every night uh, mm -hmm. so i'm afraid if i like i know what you mean because i get very uh i wouldn't say a panic attack before roast battle every week but it's uh you get you mean nervous oh absolutely oh you yeah what's well, tough to you get nervous to do the haters table oh absolutely oh okay uh, because it's you know i think it's the toughest gig in the room uh because you um you know, you have to be so in the moment and, yeah. you know, you, I don't want to interrupt the battles, you know, cause it's at the end of the day, it's about the battles, the show, mm -hmm. but you know, someone tells a joke that doesn't, you know, I don't know what joke is going to bomb. So I have to listen to every joke and, you know, someone tells a joke that, you know, doesn't do well. I've got to right there, say it. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, I would say before roast battle, it has been like some of the most nervous times I've ever had in my life. Like, oh, like yeah. there was one battle, like before I didn't eat for 12, 15 hours before oh, the battle. I, I can, uh, I, it's, uh, because it's, I mean, it's the best show on earth. Uh, but let's be honest. People love a train wreck. So although you're very well liked, I'm very well liked. I think people would enjoy it if they saw us sweating it out. Ugh. If we bomb. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's the weirdest show. Like, obviously, people want to see you do well. But if you don't, that's cool, too. Right. And so that's why I've uh, just done a little research on uh, maybe... <laughs> Um, things I could uh, help my anxiety attacks because it's t I mean it's a fucking octagon in that room yeah it's, uh, like I don't recommend it to a lot of people I try honestly and, uh, there should be less people battling so <laughs> well I mean it's like there's been a few recent battles where uh, like last week there was a I think he was Cuban uh, glasses i'd never seen him before mm -hmm. he clearly didn't prepare well oh god and uh, it was just awful right uh, and i felt bad because you know some of the judges were like dude you sucked mm -hmm. I, I do love that about the show the instantaneous feedback you get good or bad uh i, I do like that right uh, but this poor kid was just thought he could wing it oh and, my uh, god you know he was sitting sounds down sounds like a guy <laughs> But he was like, like a boy sitting person. down. He and, sat down. And it's like, dude, you're not good enough to have this 
you know, there's one guy who's pulled that off, and it's Jeff Amaral, who I love. He's a great roaster. I wish he would do it more. But I've heard that name. He's at the store a lot, goatee, and he's really mm-hmm. good guy, super funny. But he he will roast like drinking a wine, and like he's sitting, and it's like I think it's his character, right? Uh, but yeah, I would say uh, like there's uh, I don't want to give away who this person is, but there's someone who is doing their first roast battle coming up. Oh, their uh, first ever. And I tried to help them recently. (laughs) And I could tell in their tone, they were like, "Uh, Earl, thanks, but I got this. And it's going to be very interesting to see how. Is this somebody I know? Um, It might be. It's... uh, I'll tell you off air, but because I don't want to, you know, uh, set them up for failure. But, uh, you know... With roast battle, you should get all the help you can. Yeah, not necessarily with Joe. Godspeed if you want to try this out. <laughs> uh, you know, very few people have. Uh, I really don't recommend it. <laughs> I mean, it's a lot of work. For a lot of yes, it is. If you do it, I mean, I've written. I mean, I've done five battles, and I've for each one, I've written in the neighborhood of two hundred jokes each. You have to. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, I because what it really is about more so than just writing the jokes it's the it's exercising a muscle that you don't use normally and just stand up you yeah know? i mean it's because they're fairly disposable jokes i mean you're never right. going to do these jokes again unless you have a rematch but even then you couldn't do the same joke so it's right pretty much one and done and uh you know that's why uh on comedy but, central yeah and then an, you know another thing is because i've seen some people try roast battle who were like 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 you said about the guy who was sitting down like people who just clearly like didn't prepare for it and i and i just don't understand that like i mean i feel like you should be studying these things oh my god you know, it's like watching game even, films yeah not even just that but like having having a respect for that room you know like just respecting that club that you're in that should be the top thing on your mind well yeah it should be in theory (laughs) Uh, but uh you can't wing it i mean there's one person who can wing it and do well and that's george perez like uh he's the only person i've ever seen he could walk into this room right now and roast either one of us oh and they'd be funny uh right you know other than george uh you know you got to prepare i mean i write uh, you know at least 100 jokes uh i think my all-time record was 406 for uh, olivia mm-hmm. uh, but our battle kept getting delayed uh so i had 406 jokes yeah most of them horrible right yeah and no most of them will be bad as you're writing i mean maybe 20 were usable yeah exactly exactly Uh, and you know she wrote the same i mean she's uh, a machine um so uh you can't it's the word you know there's been i've seen a room headlining comics eat it because they just thought i'm an a room comic i'll just wing it yeah it's not, uh, it's not gonna end I well. know. So sad for those people. Oh, it's horrible to be in the room. <laughs> I'm not going to mention names. No, but, I uh, know. It's, uh, you know, the first year we did Riot LA, I, there was a couple, you know, A-room comics who they wanted to get in on the show because it's a hot show and it, it attracts TV executives and p- people want to be around that. But it's like, yeah, it's not good if you eat it in front of TV executives. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, 
it's roast battles not for everyone it's a lot of fucking work no i agree it is um, which is why i always i admire almost bad roasters who keep doing it <laughs> so, uh, Do you, you're not gonna mention a name there's <laughs> Well, there is. I feel bad. There's one guy who I'm obsessed with. Oh, yeah? He, I never remember his name. It's like Tommy Stewart or he, he dresses like he just got out of Hot I Topic. I think I know who you're talking about. He's does a he great wear guy. like a weird like chain necklace? Yes. And, and I think he, does he live in Covina or something? Yes. Oh my God. I know exactly who you're talking he's about. He's a great guy. And I yeah. feel horrible that I'm forgetting his name again. Um, Stuart, Matt Stewart or something like that. Yeah. But he loses every time, but <laughs> he does it with such style. <laughs> Where it's like, yeah. I would rather watch him lose than see someone who's not cool win. Right. Um, you know, but I, you know, I'm a bit of a sadist in that regard. Right. So now you got a show at the improv coming up, right? Uh, tonight, right? Are we good on time? Yeah, I'm fine. Okay. I just, on time. I don't want, you're doing a show tonight with Jeff Richards? Yes. So we're, I'm not really doing, I'm not doing stand up, but I, if you see the show, you'll, you'll see what I'm doing. Okay. Well, of course. Nobody, will, well, this won't be up in this time. This will air but. Monday. <laughs> so if you have yeah. a uh, hot in, tub time machine. In the future, uh, uh, they're, will be more i think do you have any stand-up shows coming up you want people to uh, check out um well i have i have my shows on my website uh, which is what it's unruly maruli.com spell that uh just for... my nickname uh well unruly just the way it's you better spell that for my really <laughs> okay so it's u n r u l y and then my last name is spelled amazon mary a r u l l i dot com dot com and uh should i give all my other yeah twitter okay yeah twitter and instagram uh oh twitter instagram and snapchat i have the same name on all of them so it's uh fixed air heather so it's f-i-x-e-d-a-i-r like air you breathe and then heather which is my first name which i might be changing to unruly maruli but we'll see i think that's gonna be my my branding really (laughs) i mean you're already known as heather maruli uh but hey what the hell do i know no but but i have like i have that's a nickname that people call me listen it took me 16 years (laughs) to get on tv so what the hell do i know oh my god it can't take me that long i have it it probably uh, won't well you've been on tv you've been on the the road to roast battle promos that's true I wasn't in the commercials. Hey, yeah. that counts. I know. Yeah. I know. It's more than a lot of people. Oh, can yeah. Say. <laughs> I count any uh, TV credit. Uh, yeah. Any credit. What's well, tough business? Oh, my God. I, I know. What's the toughest part of this business for you? <laughs> I mean, I just like you said, it took you 16 years ago on TV. I would say the time. Well, you but, know, knowing that you're knowing that you're throwing all of your energy and time and will into something that, that where there's no guarantees, I think, is the toughest part of comedy. Well, yeah, there's just so much out of your uh, control. Right. You can just never. Uh, yeah, there's so many factors. I mean, uh, you, you know, look at. I mean, roast battle is a perfect example of you look at s- certain people like me. I'm a little older, and, and but then you have, uh, you know, younger people who, you know, are on the same show. Right. It's just is what it is, you know, so. Right. Um, you know, it's, it's uh, and it's different, I think, for guys and girls. Oh, I know. I'm trying to keep my face together. Well, but. <laughs> 
Oh, you look like you, your face. Do you moisturize? Oh, you have no idea. <laughs> I spend more do money. Do you exfoliate? I do everything. Oh my God. I hit facials. I mean, you look like it. Uh, well, you don't look your age. I mean, I try and, uh, you know, I, I like it when a girl's put together. Uh, so I figure girls like the same. Uh, yeah. You know, and. Uh, well, it is LA. Well, uh, <laughs> but, you know, you want to be uh, sexual. Right. I do it for women. Like I want. Yeah. Uh, I want to. My boyfriend looks younger than his age. How old is he? He's 34. And uh, I mean, you're in your 20s. I just turned 30 last month. Okay. Well, all right. Well, so that's oh, should I say that in Hollywood? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we can pro tools uh, no, we 20 can delete. Okay. No, I um 28. <laughs> no, <Yeah. I'm> kidding. <laughs> Wait, whatever. Yeah. Uh, um, no, I'm fine with being my age. I mean, yeah, you look great. Thank so you. So it's like, uh, yeah, but my boyfriend, like people always guess he's like 27 or 28 because right. he, well, he moisturizes like crazy. I mean, you have to, I mean, but I go high end products. Like, oh, he does too. You know, I mean, his face always smells like shea butter. Well, it's one of the benefits <laughs> of, uh, not drinking or having any uh, serious vices. Oh, no, I agree. And not drinking, actually, like... Oh, my God, yeah. That will age you. Oh, man. There are people my age... Oh, like, recently at work, I <laughs> I accidentally kind of insult... I work at a law firm. I don't know if I told you that. Um, for money, yes. I, I am not rich enough from show business yet. But... Um, <laughs> but I was in an elevator with, with an attorney... And uh, I thought he was much older, but he he was talking about how he has arthritis in his knee, and I and and he was like he he said I'm not even thirty yet, and I have arthritis, and I was like, you're not thirty, like I thought this guy was like forty five years old, I mean, but like he's a huge boozer. Oh, it's part booze of it. is like the worst thing because it, it, it dries out your skin. Dries your skin. It gives you yeah. like it breaks the capillaries. And yeah, like, I mean, look at all these actors who are like obvious alcoholics. Look at a guy I like mean, say uh, like Al Pacino. He does not moisturize. Robert Redford. Well, I, I, well but I mean, oh, he looks uh, so bad now. Well, because <laughs> the son. I mean, he was a big tan because he oh, cause, and he was very fair, I guess. What's Still the, an alcoholic. <laughs> yeah, booze. I like, I'm trying to think of someone. Al Gore. Uh, yeah, he he looks a little green around oh, the gills. Man. Uh, someone like uh, like Sean Penn. Oh, yeah, that's a he looks good like looking a piece dude. of fruit leather. But that's like <laughs> booze tanning. Oh my god! Uh, you know it, it adds up. Oh, rough living. You know, you, it doesn't mean you don't have to drink, but like, you know, you can't just look at most of my favorite band members like <laughs> you know guys from the 80s like yeah you know they fucking were young looking dudes and now like you know look at motley crew they look like oh my god they should be at a fucking a oh i i should that was dave super band motley but, crew he used to call me nikki six because my middle name is nicole <laughs> oh, okay because i'm i you know i sat front row uh motley crew oh yeah at their very last concert and uh, you do not look like nikki six no but it was like a nickname okay he called, he called me six okay well i mean nikki six was a good looking guy I mean, oh for, i don't know when but sure <laughs> well, for guy when was i was an infant or like something. legally dead at one point <laughs> uh, was he he uh heroin heroin and he was like dead for like four minutes or something oh wow but that's the story he tells I mean, he's sober now well, I mean, I, I listened to him on the radio. 
Yeah, but his version is sober versus, like, say, my version is sober. Too completely. Right. Tommy Lee was good looking. Tommy Lee was good. Vince Neil was. No, uh, was you know, he looks a little green. green. Was he the one? Was he on? He's a singer. You know. Was he on Celebrity Rehab? Yeah. Wait, no, I wasn't sure. Okay, he was on, and he was on Celebrity Apprentice. Oh, all of the. Oh yeah, recently the one with Schwarzenegger. One by the great matt eisman who i used to do shows with i think it's funny that the least and matt would tell you this who's himself. matt eisman it's a very funny comic <laughs> but, th but that's crazy he that was on celebrity apprentice well because he uh he's a great host and he, he did that uh, american uh, some show on nbc was like uh, american gladiators type. oh oh okay i forget what it was called sorry matt but uh, we used to do open mics together. Oh, really? And uh, he was like the least known uh, ca cast member of Celebrity Apprentice, anyone. So I thought that was pretty funny. Right. Um, so uh, we used to do uh, Italian Express Tuesday nights in Westwood. <laughs> Is that a place that even still exists? Uh, probably not. Most of the places <laughs> I started at are out of business. When was that? That was uh, probably 05 to 07. Okay. But it was a good, like, people like him would show up. Ian Bag would, you know, go there and, like, right. comics are animals. The good comics will perform anywhere. Yeah. Uh, I agree. You know, shitty bar shows. Yep. Of course you don't. I do them. Yeah. You, you, of course, we'd all rather be at a sold out comedy store show. Oh, I don't care. Uh, <laughs> well, you want to be in front of some people. Who no, are, I know. But like, see, I'm one of those people. I'll perform in front of two people. Like, I, I don't care about that. Oh, yeah. You know, there are some open micers and I, I, I'm using that kind of as a pejorative because <laughs> I don't consider myself. I feel like I've been in it long enough where I'm not just like an open micer. Like I do a lot of shows now. Um, but like some people, like they, they get this attitude like, oh, um i have to wait how long to go on stage and yeah. and it really is survival of the fittest out there like you really do have to like if you have to wait three hours to get on stage guess what you're gonna wait three hours to get yeah. on stage you know well, guess like, what? become more famous and then you won't have to wait three hours exactly i mean this is not for the week you know every like the other night i was hosting that mic at the lexington and there was this guy who didn't want to wait because he was number 18 on the list and, I'm, and i i asked him a line of questions like a detective i was like well, do you have to get up early? And he was like, kind of. And I was like, well, do you have to work in the morning? He's like, yeah. And he's, I was like, what time do you have to be at work? He said nine. And I was like, me too. You know, yeah. it's like, and I, and I was there hosting this mic until like one thirty in the morning, you know? Yeah, I mean, no one wants to wait for three hours, but you know how many nights I had to fucking wait for right, three Right, exactly. I mean, so much of stand up is really just like, buckling down and putting in the time and the effort you know and sticking it out well you have to be in it for the right reasons like mm -hmm. if you're in it to make money you'll quit after two months There's no money in stand up in exactly the beginning. uh you know and no like, money in stand up in the middle party yeah <laughs> you're right i mean i got paid in portland last weekend but it wasn't like enough you know to break even you know you're yeah. taking a loss usually but you have you have to do it you have to go out and do shows i mean very few people like yeah you have to like if you wait for the perfect show where you're going to make a couple hundred bucks and like you're going to be in a suite uh you know you're going to be waiting a long fucking time oh for that my gig. god yeah you know you have to like i know a lot of comics like to go up to fresno and do this uh one, I, it's like a bar show but you know they lose money but mm -hmm. they all you know if you're in it to like improve and right you know do the i think a lot of comics saw jim carrey 
think after he made Cable Guy, and it was <laughs> like the whole story was he made twenty million dollars doing Cable Guy. And well, didn't he write himself a check? For yeah, twenty million dollars. Yeah. Right and, in the eighties. And then they talk about he lived in his van, but he wrote himself a check for ten million dollars. And it's like yeah. Uh, so it just gave comics the the bad idea about you know not wanting to do the grunt work oh but jim carrey like oh ate it for God. years he was doing fucking oh. and and you know he grew up poor yeah in toronto like I really think. poor so you got a lot of these guys i mean i remember hearing what jamie fox used to do like uh yeah dave told me the story that when he was coming up at stand-up he would like he would get like a carton of lo mein from the Chinese food restaurant and yeah. that would last him like two meals and he would like reheat it on his car engine. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how accurate that is. Well, I never had to do that in Bel Air, but, but uh, I mean, now he's doing okay. You I know? Doing okay. <laughs> yeah. But like, I mean, there's all of these, you know, these stories of sacrifice that, and you know, people don't really, adhere to now i mean everybody just wants everything so quickly now it's like instant gratification you know and that's what our culture has sort of become well i see it a lot when i host potluck every now and then you know i like to go back to my roots and, yeah uh, you know like <laughs> comics will come up to me go, can i go on now i'm like no jesus uh, i know uh i'm not gonna put you over some of my friends who no you can wait and if i can get you on toward the end of the night i will but gonna have to wait two hours right uh, and I, you know i do uh, would you say most of the people who have these entitlements are uh men that's what you're saying um <laughs> no i well um well yeah just because there's more men doing comedy i think uh, right statistically there so, is so yeah. uh but i like i had a, a female the uh last time i hosted potluck uh she kind of sits right down next to me and goes uh yeah i have a big audition tomorrow <laughs> and i'm like uh that's great <laughs> good luck i know I'll put you on if i can because i don't think what people realize is uh with potluck not to bore the listeners with the inner workings of the comedy store but mm -hmm. you know there's uh, 15 names right for the open mic for the open mic so you have to put those 15 up mm -hmm. and then you have to put every employee at the comedy store up uh i mean that's part of the why they work there right so that's probably 35 comics yeah so you're already at so that's a 35 plus 70 that's 52 comics before i can put up any one of my friends right uh and then i can put up someone who's not my friend who's you know just wants to get up but but you have to be done by 10 30 so you've got three and a half hours to put up close to 60 comics right and of course everyone runs the light you know you're supposed to do three minutes i would say on average people do closer to four mm -hmm. and that's when you're talking 60 comics all running the light that i know. know no no show ever runs on a fixed schedule <laughs> yeah, and then you have like the last time i was hosting jim jeffries came in and obviously he's great oh love and, him and he did uh you know 15 minutes but that's five spots that i couldn't exactly dole out and then steve-o who i love <laughs> He was very, but he was, he was respectful. He didn't run the light. He got off exactly when the light came on. Oh, he was incredibly appreciative okay. and uh, I dug it. Like, is he a stand up per se? He's telling more stories. He's trying, but yeah, but you know, it's like, what if I started trying to staple my balls together? I probably, exactly. So I respect that. He's res I respect him because he's respectful. You're of not going to 
perform uh, his craft. I'm not going to drink horse cum. Yeah, uh, exactly. To get a laugh. <laughs> not oh yet. Oh, my God. Well, well, he did something where, like, they were giving, a like, a horse or a cow an enema or something, and he, like... Mm-hmm. There was something going on with bodily fluids, and I'm like, I don't want to make it that bad. I mean, the worst thing I ever saw him do was when he was, uh, they like, he was in a porta potty, and they like catapulted the porta potty, and he was like covered in. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I I don't want to make it that bad. I'm good. (laughs) So, well, Heather, I want the, we're at an hour and a half mark right now. Okay. And I want the people to want more. Okay. And I know you got a show at the improv. Yeah. I would plug it. But uh, you know, this is coming out coming after out the fact. In, uh, but I'll just say in the future, uh, look out for uh, Ditto Kiddo at the uh, yes, Improv Lab. The great Jeff Richards. With Jeff Richards. Uh, Jeff um, Richards gave me my first uh, big break in stand-up. Oh, yeah? Well, let me... Uh, Ian Bag gave me my first break writing on his talk show. Okay. The Ian Bag talk show, which we did at Hermosa and the Friars Club. So I uh, working for Ian taught me the value of... I got to write good jokes for this guy because mm-hmm. like, wow, it's Ian Bag. And then Jeff Richards got me opening up for Rob Schneider for a couple years. So I, oh, owe, great. Uh, I owe Jeff a lot and he's got his songs. Ditto kiddo. Yeah. <laughs> I think Jeff is on Twitter at tasty Jeff. Yeah, that's right. Um, so follow Jeff because he's, you know, SNL mad TV. I mean, yeah, he's uh, enough about him. Uh, no, right. <laughs> About Heather. We, I mean, we didn't even get into dating comics. Oh, we got, yeah. We, uh, uh, we broached the subject, but, uh, you know, uh, you know, we'll get we'll have you back for more. Of course. Which is a great rat song. <laughs> I always have to squeeze in one rat reference. Uh, that's R-A-T-T, not the word. I knew that. Well, but a lot of people might not. I'm familiar with the genre. <laughs> Um, I'm uh, with the world's premier authority on uh, 80s metal. Oh. <laughs> which, uh, you know, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. But, uh, you know, you don't have to think when you listen to 80s metal. Right. Like when Poison is singing Unskinny Pop. It's not, <laughs> what the fuck does I that know, mean? I know that song. That's a good bass line. I don't know if it's Bobby Dahl's bass line, but it's someone's bass line. Yeah. Bumps me out about that music that very few of those bands actually played on the albums which was, was mind-blowing to that's me. true like fred Corey, the drummer from cinderella who's been on that very couch oh wow held that microphone he had the best quote in music history what a world this is when cinderella was <laughs> like top of the food chain for, for a little bit in the 80s he said fred what's your career goal he's like oh man i just want to be good enough to play on the albums i'm like what uh, <laughs> wait you're on the album like i see your picture yeah so i was kind of a bummer to figure that out uh but this isn't a music podcast today this is heather maruli out monday yes she's got a show at the improv with jeff richards ditto kiddo yeah uh maybe there'll be some online clips you can uh, look at yeah but uh, all of my up- other upcoming stuff is on my website oh and i'll be at uh broke la on april 8th Broke LA, it's like the yeah, comedy festival. festival. It's a comedy and music uh, arts festival. So uh, April eighth in the LA area, Broke LA. I know it's a lot of uh, comics are on that. Uh, yeah, 
it's a one night festival or yeah it's a one it's a full day though i think it's like it starts at like noon and goes till midnight it's kind of like la riot uh you know it's uh not an alt festival but it's it leans more towards that i think uh so uh, check out broke la april 8th and uh you know you know all of heather's uh you know social media presence uh friender no inappropriate messages guys she's got a boyfriend <laughs> you fucking slobs honestly i wish i got more inappropriate messages well uh you know i could uh, forward you some of my fans <laughs> uh, emails uh inappropriate earl guys soundcloud and itunes leave a review on itunes it helps daddy get the numbers up and uh we will see you uh very soon with the singer from rat Stephen piercy we're gonna go round and round